Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 46 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, bud? Uh, good, man. Doing pretty well. Things well, just, just having fun. It's a pleasant, pleasantly relaxed afternoon. Yeah, yeah. A little chill in the air. It is. It's finally winter E. Uh, although apparently, big chunks of the eastern seaboard and like in Pennsylvania have been getting like piles of snow, and we have gotten nothing more than a dusting. Yeah, over here, yeah. Which it's is kind of weird for us. It is that part of the season where like all of the leaves have more or less fallen off of the trees, but we don't have snow yet, so it's just sort of like wet and dead everywhere. Yeah, it's not as cool. Uh, kind of reminds me of the very end of today's episode of Jerky Sentai Ranger, which is called Earth's Final Day. Uh, but Dave, before we get into that, of course, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know what our first star of the week is? Uh, yeah, do. Please enlighten me. So this is something I actually did a few weeks ago, and I kept forgetting to put it on my list of like potential stars. But I, for the first time, went to an escape room. Oh, fun. I amazingly, like for a dude who LARPs, I've never done one of those. Okay, yeah, that is exactly how I felt. Like, escapes, escape rooms seem like the sort of thing that are exactly my jam, um, but I just never got around to it. Partially, I think, because I've had sort of other outlets for that same sort of impulse. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and then also, like, you can't just, you know, there's no, you can't pug it, man. You know, like, you've got to show up with a, can you? I assume you have to show up with a group of people. I don't know what pug it means, but. Oh, um, pickup group. Like, where you just, like, show oh, okay. up and you're like, hey, you are here. You look like a noble adventurer. Like, let's go <laughs> kill this dragon. I think, I don't know. I think I, probably different places do it different ways. Um, But in this place, it was a, it was a work outing. Oh, so okay. yeah, no fun. The That's place cool. we went to had two rooms, and we had enough people to fill both of those rooms. So like, we just split up. Like half of us did one room, half of us did the other room. Um, and dude, it was really fun. Now, yeah, you know they're like those. They're super super popular. And the only thing that like throws me off a tiny little bit about that is that it. I don't know. It seems like, like there's no quality control for these things. They're just like, yeah, we there's an escape room. Um, right, we bought a building and it has some space. Come and try to get out of it. <laughs> right. It's it's like there should be I don't know some sort of quality assurance or like like Nintendo uh, seal of approval or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like you go, just an empty room, and there's a and it's a locked door. It's like, well, it's a hard one. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, no. So tell me about this. Tell me about your escape room experience, man. How? What? Like, what happened? Man, I I think that the fact that escape rooms are so popular indicates to me that more people would like role playing games if they played them. Oh yeah, I I can't believe we've never talked about this before. Everyone has fun doing role play. Everybody, everybody has fun doing role playing games. I've never sat down with somebody and like they earnestly did it, and then they walked away. It was just like, well, that sucked. 
Right. Some people have said like, ah, you know, man, I just, you know, it's not my thing. I like to be more active or, or whatever. Um, and the same thing with LARP. No one has ever shown up at LARP that I've literally ever talked to at an event and just been like, yeah, like that sucked. Like that sucked and it was boring and dumb. No, it's great. It's great and everybody loves it. It's always fun. Yeah, okay. So here's how this escape room worked. There, Like I said, there were two rooms at this place. One of them, the one that I did not do, their like, things that they had to solve were very like clue and riddle based. You know, okay. like you had to like look around the room to find a clue and then use that clue to solve a riddle. And then that riddle is like the clue for another riddle. And then eventually yeah. you like solve a thing and, you know, you pop open a box and there's a key or something, right? Right. That's not what I did. What I did was a different room that had fewer puzzles. But these puzzles were not like logic riddles. They were devices. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like way more fun. Yeah, they had like built devices that you had to like put together and solve so like one of them was like here's a puzzle like a wooden puzzle with a bunch of pieces and those pieces have like like basically like little like internal connector bits to them Mm -hmm. like i think they were like had some sort of magnet thing in them so like when you finally put the puzzle together properly like when you put the last piece in place, like the last of like the magnetic locks unlocked and a door opened and there was like a gear inside and you had to pull the gear out and put it into a different thing to be able to mm-hmm. turn a crank to open a door to get to the second room. Yes, please. Yeah, no, that all sounds very, very good. Um, And then like in the other room, like because you start off in a small room and then we had to get into the second room, which was like the secret lab. And the secret lab had like four different devices that all needed to be solved. And one of them was like, okay, like here's like a weird circuit thing with like, you got to put these blocks in place in a certain order or else like the energy won't get from one side to the other. And we need to do that to like move power from here to there. Uh, one, one of the games was actually just the, the, inter- the iOS game or probably not iOS, probably all mobile platform games, uh, flow free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, we, so we realized about halfway through, like, oh, this is flow. And then it got a lot easier. Okay. So just to just to reinforce the idea that this is you just went on a LARP mod. That's what you did. Yeah. Um, first of all, I have used flow as a LARP mod in the past. Yeah. So like, basically, like, it was... that was the puzzle that you went and you had to do flow. Yeah. And um, that also, dude, I one time I was on a mod. And this dude had built, like, apparatuses that um, cast shadows. And you had to, like, line the light up behind the device and, like, get the shadow to, like, line up on a piece of paper that was, like, on the other side of the room so that you could, like, figure out the words you needed to, like, do a magic spell to, like, do a thing. It was bananas. That sounds very cool. And yeah, like it really did feel like a LARP mod, but what but what made it different is that like it was inside and it was like a persistent place that instead of one like, you know, one organization getting together to LARP every month and having to change the puzzle every time, it's like one room that they built once and the group changes every time. So they could really spend a lot more time on like the production value of it. Yeah, no, that is super, super cool. And, you know, like, there are, like, to, like, there are LARP camps that 
Oh, yeah, um, sure. That own their own camp, and they can do stuff like that. And it's sort of like every LARP group's dream. You're like, oh, someday maybe, guys, we'll own a camp and we can do, you know, do, do this stuff. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I, I recommend that, that. Yeah, that sounds totally rad. I Yeah, I would dig that at some point. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, um, last week I told you guys about a book that I had started reading, uh, Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings, and it's great. So I thought today I would tell you about another book that I'm reading that is lame and dumb. Okay. And that book is The Kite Runner. Okay. This is a book yeah. that I am aware of because I used to work at Borders, um, but it is not a book that I have ever read. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading it because I have to do it for school. Like it's on the curriculum list, and it's like we've got to, so we got to do it. And so I'm reading it. First of all, I'm like 140 pages into this book. Nobody's got a sword. <laughs> Nobody has cast any magic spells whatsoever. Uh, nobody, as far as I know, is immortal. So kind of three strikes to begin with. So no one is immortal. No one has inside them blood, blood of kings. Yeah, nobody has. No. Um, everyone has rivals, and everyone every, can be each other's equal. Yeah, it's dumb. It's a. It's not a... Like, okay, it's well written. Like, as far as, like, putting words in an order, like, it's good. But, like, the main character, like, I just don't like him. Like... Uh, I, I think the idea, you know, it's a very real story and it's like a person like struggling with with their problems and all of this stuff. But like they suck. They <laughs> like they're just like they're like lame. And like the biggest conflict of the book is that the the main character's name is Amir. The main conflict of the book is that Amir's dad, whose name is Baba, or that might just be the word for, for father. Um, That would also make sense. Anyways. The main conflict of the book is that Amir's dad, like, rules. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> rad and awesome at everything, and Amir kind of sucks. And, uh, and like, the dad's, the dad's biggest failing, basically, is that he has trouble dealing with his son because his son sucks so much. All right. And, he like, he's great at everything, and he just doesn't understand why his son is so lame. And so he has, like, trouble relating to him. Um, and so, like, that's not great on the dad's part. But, like, basically everything else about the dad, like, totally rules. <laughs> the son is lame. He's like, no, oh, I wish I was cool. Uh, and then he's not. And then that's the book so far. Oh, and his best friend has, like, an act of horrific violence perpetrated against him. And he just sort of, like, stands there and watches it because he's, like, too scared to do anything. Um, and then, like, later on in the book, they're escaping from because they're it's it's anyway they're escaping from where they're from because it's they're in, they're from Afghanistan and like things are getting bad because the Soviet invasion and the dad like straight up um like there's a Russian soldier who's like oh in order for you to like let me pass this let you pass this checkpoint I want to like have sex with that pretty girl that's with you and the dad is like if you do that I will kill you and the Russian soldier pulls a gun on him and the dad's like you better kill me with the first shot because if you don't I'm gonna kill you like the dad <laughs> rules um so that's really my takeaway from this book if you haven't read the kite runner um it's very very popular uh i wouldn't waste your time it's there's way better books out there matt what is our third star of the week uh dave our third star of the week is a commercial i saw for a tv show that is not out yet but i was so cool. excited cool 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 dude you say that now wait until i tell you what it is it's called the Titan Games. 
Well, I am already interested. It, yes. It's hosted by The Rock. Oh, wait a minute. I have heard. Okay, yeah. I think I and may it's also like, seen something about this. It's adult CrossFit global guts. Like, I swear to you, it's just guts for adults. There's even like kind of an aggro crag at the end. Is there really? Yes. Do you get to take home a glowing piece of the crag? Man, listen, uh, if, if there was an adult version of Guts where I could train hard enough and eventually be able to take, like, have the rock shake my hand and then get to take home a piece of, a glowing piece of that radical rock, uh, I would leave this podcast recording right now and go find my local CrossFit gym. I do not think that that is what the prize is, though. Well, okay, listen, I think you, you would still probably get on the show and the rock would shake your hand if you won. No, nope. wouldn't. Listen. You probably wouldn't get a piece of the aggro crag. That is the true. aggro crag is a vital part of this. That's the deal breaker. But yeah, like there is a commercial for this that I saw. It's like a two minute commercial, and it's just the Rock talking about how like he designed these things based on like workouts that he used to do. And I don't know if any of that's true, um, but it does look like a lot of fun. And at the very end of the commercial, the Rock says, "A revolution is coming. Join us." And okay, I was like, listen. hey, I don't think that has anything to do with this TV show. I think that maybe The Rock is just, like, planning something, and he's just getting used to saying that in public. Listen, if The Rock ran for president, I would... Gen- okay, first of all, genuinely, if The Rock ran for president, I would probably vote for him. That's not... Like, I probably shouldn't, but, like, it can't get worse, right? Also, I know that you just said, like, you're not sure if The Rock was telling the truth, Matt. If The Rock isn't telling the truth, like, I feel like the bedrock of society might be about to crumble. Uh, I I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. (laughs) Here's another thing that's crazy about The Rock. I saw a picture of The Rock from his sort of, like, not early pro wrestling days, but from his, like, like, even sort of, like, right as he was starting to leave, The Rock now makes The Rock from pro wrestling look like kind of scrawny. Oh, yeah, dude. Movie Rock is is so much bigger than Wrestling Rock. He's huge. It's insane. And honestly, I feel like part of that is that as a wrestler, if he had that physique as a wrestler, it would probably not be great for him. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure that you have to maintain, like, a, a degree of, like... I feel like as a wrestler, you actually probably can't get too big. Yeah, like, if you do, then, like, it's kind of hard to actually do the wrestles. Yeah, um, anyways, so Dude, that's... Speaking no, of wrestling, totally rad. NXT TakeOver was last night. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, dude, uh, it was... I mean, listen, I'm not going to go into a long thing telling you about all the good matches from NXT TakeOver, but it's on Hulu, everyone. Go watch NXT TakeOver War Games 2. Uh, the Johnny Gargano Alistair Black match was amazing, and the Tomasa Ciampa Velveteen Dream match was also amazing. Oh, nice. I can't believe Velveteen. Why hasn't Vince called that guy yet? He put it on his pants and everything. I don't know. He showed up last night dressed up as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. It was a moment. Uh, anyway, Dave, uh, what is our fourth star of the week? So our first story of the week is uh, I just had auditions for the One Acts. Every year we do this this One Act festival. And uh, one of the cool parts about it, I think I may have mentioned this before, is that they're student-directed. Like I have, I have like senior students who I've worked with for a while, and they pick a show, and they, they run the auditions, and they pick the cast and all of this stuff. And actually this year is really cool. Uh, one of the kids wrote a show. 
Interesting. He wrote a show. Yeah, it's called. Um, he wrote it. It's like a spoof of classical theater, which is uh, which is very funny. Uh, but anyways, so we had we had auditions, and like a ton of kids showed up. Like a ton. It was great. Like it's been year. You know, like I've been doing this for a few years now, and we're at the point where like. You know, a lot of kids are showing up to audition, which is really, really great. The only downside of a lot of kids showing up to audition is that, like, that doesn't magically make there be more parts. Right, right. And so we were, you know, we were, like, running through the cast. And the two guys who were directing uh, looked at me and they were like, how do you do this? Like, how do you do this every year where you just have to tell people they didn't get a part? This is awful. Like, you could see, like, the color was drained from their faces. They felt so bad, which it's probably worse for them because this is their, you know, it's their peers rather than, like, students. Right. Um, I don't know. It's probably better on one level and worse than another way. And they, but they were just like, how do you, this is awful. Like, I feel so bad. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, guys, this is just, uh, this does not get any better. Like this is the, I have a great job. This is the worst part of my job (laughs) is like every year you just have to tell some really nice eager high school students that like they didn't make it. Um, And it sucks. Like it just sucks all the time. (laughs) Um, So that's really it. I just don't have a whole lot going on. And, uh, and that was a funny moment. Anyways, Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Dave, our fifth star of the week is that I got myself a brand new video game. Ooh. Dave. Is it? uh, I got that Fallout 76. Oh, you did it. I did it. I was going to wait. And then I was like, I know I'm going to do it eventually. So there's no reason to wait. Like, that money is already spent, basically. Well, okay. Now, the only th- it's a Bethesda game, so you may have wanted to give it a few months to let them, like, work the kinks out. You know, I'll tell you what. Because Bethesda, I love you, but... That is, like, that is generally true. I'll tell you what. So far, really haven't had any issues. Oh, nice. Anyways, so is it, is it like, is it rad? Oh, it rules. It's, it's amazing. It's rad, right? It's so fun. Yeah, no, I'm okay. sure. Here, here is what it is. It's more Fallout 4, except that, like... It's in West Virginia, and the trees still have leaves on them. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, it's... Oh, yeah, because I guess, like, there were no bombs in West Virginia. Like, it's just... Right. so, like... Like, everything... It's, like, it... The, the timeline of the games is such that, like, the bombs have gone off, but, like, they didn't go off in West Virginia. So, right. like, there is weird sort of, like mutant radiation stuff that is like wafted over from other parts of the country. But this mm-hmm. particular landscape, not only was it not bombed out, but it hasn't been long enough for it to like fully like die or mutate. So parts of it. Oh, okay. So this is set like fairly. This is the earliest fallout. This is like in the chronology. In the continuity of fallout. This is the earliest one. Yes. God. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. So, um, what's weird about that is that, like, the world that you're walking around in is only sort of recently destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the things that you find that are, like, the remnants of, like, the long ago and the before time are, like, not that long ago. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And, like, people are still trying to, like, keep civilization together, but, like, doing a terrible job of it. 
Like, they're trying to maintain some sort of civilization instead of just, like, starting from scratch, like, with a new thing. But, like, you're... Right. But there aren't... The the thing of the game is that it's multiplayer, sort of, which means that there are other people in the world with you. And the way they made that work so that it wasn't just, like, seven people wandering around talking to the same NPC is that there are no NPCs in the game, or no human NPCs in the game. There are robots. Oh, wow, okay. So the way that you do it is you like you pick up like a hollow tape and like toss it in your pit boy and like listen to something that says, Oh, hey, if you found this tape, then I need you to do X, Y, and Z. So what that means is that there are no humans in the game other than the other players. But what it also means is that like it's not like it's not a crowded game at all. Like the map is about from what I read, four times larger than the size of the Fallout 4 map. And holy yeah, it's cats. massive. I've been playing all weekend and I've covered like one twenty-fourth of the map or something. And I have not Dang, even fu- okay. I have not even fully explored that amount. Okay, so here's my I have like one or two quick questions. Um A, so there's no merchants. You can't like buy like is it you're not like buying and selling from anybody. There right? are a couple of robot merchants here and there. Oh, okay. So there's something. And then oh, how does Vats how does Vats work? Um, What's going on there? Vats does not allow you to like choose hit location. Basically, um, it is kind of a forced auto target that you do in real time. If that okay. makes any sense, no, right on. Uh, kind of. I think I think I can envision it. No, that uh, that sounds rad. Yeah, that sounds like a Vats very, is kind of less game. part of the like. I use Vats less for like aiming and more for checking if there are people around me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, right. Like, you hit the Vats button, it's like, you can target this person. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. well, I'm, I'm not going to do that, there, but yeah. I know he's here now. Um, but what's cool, the, the, the main thing I want to say is that it's a huge map, and the server population size is capped at, like, 24 people or something. So, even though there are other people around, you almost never run into them. And even if those people wanted, like, give you hassles and murder you... Like, the game is set up in such a way to, make, to, like, really disincentivize that. So, like, if you get, if somebody else attacks you, it mm-hmm. basically doesn't, it does very little damage until you retaliate. So, like, if somebody runs oh, up okay. to you and, like, So, like, it's pretty you, easy for you to just, right, you can, like, run away. Right. Like, if they, and, okay, gotcha. if that person decides to, like, follow you as you run away, then they will continue to shoot you. But, like, it's going to take them a while to do it. And even then, if you want to, you can just fast travel away. Oh, <laughs> get dunked. No. Right. I would really, I'm very curious as to what it would look like to them if the person just, like, blips out of existence. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, but also, not only is that the fact, but, like, I got attacked by some people the other day. And as I was getting attacked, I was getting, like, like I was getting money as a form of, like, the game, like, apologizing for to me for these people attacking me. <laughs> and then, if, even if they do manage like to go through all of that and kill you without you retaliating at all, they become wanted, and there's a bounty on their head, and anyone else on this server can go attack them without retali- fear of retaliation. Oh! And, I like every element of that. That sounds very good. And even if they kill you, the only gear that you drop is, like, your tin cans and your, like, bottles of glue, which is a pain in the neck, but, like, it's not like you're dropping any of your health items or your weapons or your armor or anything. So, okay. like, even, like, if the worst case thing happens and someone, like, really decides to, like, hunt you down, 
then you get paid for it. You only lose your junk, and then that person is wanted. So, like, if like one of the things I was worried about was just like people running around and like harassing each other. But the game really is set up to not do that. It's more set up to just like wander around the hills of West Virginia and like try to find out how to rebuild society from this like wreckage. And it's very, very good, Dave. Oh yeah, man. Dang. That does sound real, real good. I just wish I knew other people I could play it with. Cause that I think would be like the best part. So I gotta, I gotta convince some Xbox pals of mine to buy this game and play it with me. But that is, that is a project for another day. The project for today. That's the real quest, man. Uh, The project for today is watching episode 46 of Cherokee Sentai Ranger. It is called Earth's Final Day. We're going to go watch that and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching the Earth's Final Day. Uh, It ruled. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, this was a really good episode. Episodes at the like the end arc of every they're, season. They're always so good. It's always good. It's always oh, good. Oh, man. I was going to say real quick, uh, I know I said that we had not gotten more than a late dusting of snow, but I got up to when, during our short little break, um, and we're having, I don't think it's going to stick, but there's some like really lovely snow outside. Oh, I don't know nice. if it's snowing on your side of town, uh, but it is not. yeah, it's really, it's really pretty. So yeah, dude, we are full on into, I mean, this is the third to last episode. There's, there's two more episodes yeah, after this. Which means, we are full on yeah, which, in. Which means next the, week we are finishing this show. Yeah. That, actually, that timing is really good because we'll have, we'll have Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um, so we are full on in like the giant swing of like this is it and like the stakes are everything and like Earth is going to die if the Rangers don't pull through. Uh, yeah. It's great. And, and the first sign that we have that things are really serious is that when this episode starts, it actually gives us a full recap of last week's episode. Yeah, it's really important that you know. So in case you have forgotten, uh, the O-Ranger base is basically destroyed. Um, It's not like collapsed, but it is non-functional at least. Yes. Yuji and Shohei have been captured. The chief was like trapped beneath some rubble in the base. Um, The young boy that was with him, Mikio, got out and the chief gave him a message. He said, get to O-Ranger, tell them they've got to get someplace where they can't be found. They can like recoup and regenerate and like get ready to keep this fight going. Uh, and then the only rangers that are free are Goro, uh, Goro, Jury, and Momo. Yes. Also, um, Red Puncher o- and O-Blocker have both... I don't know if they're, like, destroyed-destroyed, but they are non-functional. Yeah. And uh, uh, no. O-Ranger Robo and Tackle Boy have been hidden below the Cherokee base. Yes. So that's kind of... I think that, that that sets us up. So the opening scene oh, and is the heroes, Acha. The heroes oh. cannot transform right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bara Micron, the monster, has some basically like Choriki blocking nanoparticles or, or something They're like that. It's not particles. totally clear. They're called dark particles. And they make machines go haywire. And they also are blocking the rangers from transforming. So they cannot access their, their ranger form. So um, Acha and Kocha, we open the scene. And they have called it early for Baranoia. They're like, game over. Baranoia has won. Attention, government of Japan. Like, we've defeated O-Ranger, the Earth is ours, like, that's it. Now, this never happens, but the fact, because, okay, so the Ranger teams are always Japanese, because, of course, like, it's a it's a Japanese show, and all the fights happen in Japan, but it is always a global threat. 
Yes. Like the world itself is at stake, but like Japan is the only or is the only group that has like is the only nation with a, with a team. And I was just thinking about it. I would like just so desperately love at some point, like right in this like final episodes, if just another team showed up. And it's like, oh, we just like called our pals the American team and they're here pinch hitting for us. And then like we're, they're going to help us out and then like they're going to dip and we're going to save the day. Yeah, I mean, what you can do then, I guess, is that you can like watch this and also watch some episodes of Power Rangers Zio and pretend that and just pretend, like, pretend that they're happening at the same time. <laughs> um, well, it's just the fact that they, what made me think of it is they go, attention, attention, government of Japan, the Rangers are defeated and the whole earth is ours. Right. It's like, man, no one else is doing anything. Like, come on. So, um, so Baranoia, here's what, what, here's their plan is that they are going to enslave people to, to work for them, which is just like, it's, it's just spiteful. Yeah. And I think they, because, I think they went into a little more detail on this in the first couple of episodes as to what their plans were. Like, Half of the population would, like, stay on Earth and be their slaves there, and half of the population would get shipped off and sent to other planets within the Empire to be, like, an additional workforce. Yeah, which, again, like, it really is just spiteful, because, like, guys, uh, machines are way better, just way better at that stuff than people are. Like, that's why we invented machines, is because... Like, you can enslave people to do your stuff if you want, but, like, you really would be better off just building, like, a drill bot or whatever. Well, maybe they're um, enslaving people to work in the drill bot factories. I don't know. Could could be. Although, I mean, it really would be better to just build a drill bot building bot. Uh, anyways, so well, who, the people are who's being... Who's going to build that bot, Dave? Eventually, at some point at the bottom, you got to have humans building something. I, I, I don't think so at this point. It, anyways, we're... Uh, this is all irrelevant. Um... So the people are being like herded up and sort of dragged off. And we see Goro in a window. He's looking and he's watching this happen. And you can see the anguish in his face that he, that he is watching people be like hurt by paranoia and that he can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's killing him. Yeah. And it, it cuts to inside the building where he and Momo and Jerry are hiding. And Momo says, like, I'm just going to go. Like, they're there. We have to go help them. We are the O-Rangers. That's what we do. Um, and again, Momo is the best. Like, I did not start this season thinking that by the end of it, Momo was going to be, like, my far and away favorite. But she absolutely is. Yeah, Momo is great. Not only is she, I think, the best O-Ranger, I think... She's like a real good ranger in general, and definitely the best pink ranger I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we've all like we haven't. Yeah, our seasons haven't been heavy on pink rangers. Right. But. It's just between Momo and Rin, but uh, and she was good too. Anyway. Oh yeah, Rin actually is pretty great. Anyway, so Momo's about to run out, and Jury says like, "No, you can't go. If we go like in the state that we're in, we're just going to get captured. That doesn't help anybody." And as she goes to try to stop Momo, we see that Juri is injured. She's got like a like a wound on her leg, and which I think Momo hadn't noticed before. So this sort of like snaps her back into the moment. And she and Goro and Juri are like, "Okay, let's take a second, regroup, treat our wounds, and then actually figure out what we're going to do." Yeah, even Goro says he's like, "Listen, we just have to like you've got to chill out for a minute." 
but like, let me bind your wounds. Like, we're not going to stop. You know, like, we're going to keep going, but like, you know, we, things are bad. Like, things are bad. And if we're going to keep going, we've got to be tactical about this. Yeah. So they're doing this and they're, you know, they're getting all bandaged, bandaged up and so forth. And like, these are the sort of television wounds where like, they're very bad until you wrap a cloth around them and then they're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magical. Uh, it's a good cloth, man. Uh, but as they finish up with this, they look out the window and they see Mikio, the kid from last episode who was there with the chief when the base was going down, who like got out. And he's just like yeah, he's wandering just sort of... through the rubble. Yeah, precisely. And so as he's wandering, Goro kind of runs. He just kind of like runs out and grabs him. And he says like, like you know, like, come, come on in here. And he's like, dude, what? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like what is... You need to get out of, like, out of the open, dude. Yeah, so Goro kind of... Mikio seems really out of it, which, again, if you remember last episode, is totally, totally reasonable. So Goro kind of pulls him in, and Mikio says, listen, like, uh, I don't know what's going on with the chief. Uh, he was trapped into this rubble. Goro's like, is he, is he dead? Like, what's going on? And Mikio says, like, I, listen, I don't know. I don't know if he's dead or not. Uh, all I do know, he told me to get out and he told me to bring this message to you that you have to, basically you have to run. Not like run. Like you have to do a tactical retreat. You have to regroup someplace nobody can find you. Yeah, specifically regroup somewhere where paranoia cannot like get at you and then plan yeah. a counterattack. Now, it is worth noting, I, the chief I don't think knows that Shohei and Yuji are captured. Like that was, you know, he just did not have that information. And so... um and he, but he's like, listen, that's the message. And Goro says, like, okay, got it. Next scene, Goro and Mikio back at the O Ranger base doing literally the exact, <laughs> literally the exact opposite of that thing. Right. Well, uh, also, um, in the course of giving this message, Mikio said that uh, the final robots were hidden underneath the base. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Goro's like, okay, well, if the robots are there, then... Right, so he says, like, we gotta here, get back. here's the plan. Like, we're going to split up. Um, Juri and Momo, you go find Yuji and Shohei. Mikio and I are going to go back to the base and see what we can't figure out has happened there. Then we'll, you know, once you've gotten them back, we'll all regroup, and then we'll do what the chief said. Yeah. So we go from there, like I said, so Koro, and again, he has brought Mikio with him to the base. I don't, like, I don't understand why. Like, there's not even an incontinent, okay, here's my only theory, is that this kid has won a contest that he gets to be an O-Ranger, and it's like, <laughs> he just gets to be in it for four episodes, and he kind of forgot about it, and they're like, well, we're almost out of episodes, and so we've got to get this kid in. So, like, he's in this episode, and Goro is bringing him with him for, for no reason. So I mean, that seems like one of the most reasonable options. The other option is just that, like, at this point, everything is so messed up. that Like, everything... Okay, like, so, like, just come with me, I right. guess. There's no better place for you to be. Goro figures that the safest place for Mikio to be is standing next to one of the O-Rangers. Okay, well, that actually is... That makes a lot of sense. That is pretty good. Uh, so, they make it to the base... Goro says, all right, well, the Choriki Energizer is, is like here and the robots are underneath it. We've got to, we got to get down into the base, into the Choriki Energizer. I will get the robots somehow. Uh, maybe he's planning on having Mikio pilot one of them because there's two robots and only one of him. Oh, wait, no, Tackle Boy is like autonomous. Right. And uh, 
and they show up in the control room and that she and Goro says, Hey, uh, where's the chief? Like, is this the spot? And Mikio says, Yeah, this is definitely the spot. The chief isn't here. Right. So presumably the chief made it out. Right. Well, he either made it out or was captured. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in either case, he's not there. Or so they look or out. Or the show went full River City Ransom and he died and he turned into like a single bouncing coin. Just a bing, bing. I can still hear that noise in my head. Matt, I don't know if he told you. You know um, Bill, friend of the show, yeah. Bill. He's been on the show once or twice. Um, he's really into speed running mm-hmm. these days. Like that's his new hobby. Uh, did I tell you this? Somebody set the world record for River City Ransom. And they beat that game in under seven minutes. I don't remember what the exact number is, but it's like it's like six and a half minutes. It's bananas. Wait, are you telling me that somebody beat that game? Yeah. Oh, I have. Fun. Did I tell you I beat that game eventually? I did finally beat. I it. think I, I figured out. Like, I may have done eventually, but it took me years. Well, it was a weird because I was not accustomed at the time to the idea that you would have to like backtrack to go fight another boss, which is exactly what you have to do. And then, like, once I figured that out, like, then you can progress through the game. Anyways, uh, River City Ransom totally rules. So, that was a weird, that was a weird hard left, Matt. Uh, anyways, hey, so. Listen, I'm just trying to make sure that we had all our options open on the disappearing All chief. the possible. <laughs> so, they look out, like, the viewing window that's in the base out into, like, the giant cavern where all of the Choriki statues are. And Goro sees, is like, okay, well, the Choriki source is is unharmed. Cuz I don't know if you were, okay, if you don't remember this cuz it took me a second to recall it all. Choriki is like the force but only for Earth. It's like it's like the life force of the whole planet. And when they say the Choriki source or the Choriki energizer, what that is is it's like a giant techno pyramid that the chief has built underneath the base as like a uh, lens, basically, a way to like f- gather in and focus Choriki to make it a usable power source for the Rangers. Yeah, and so that piece of like super tech is underneath the base, and it is as of yet unharmed. So they're like, okay, we got to do something with this. Like Goro's trying to formulate some kind of plan, but as he's doing that, there is a sort of sound out in the hallway. And uh, Bulldont and Multiwa are coming in. So Goro grabs Mikio. They, like, jump behind some rubble and hide. And Bulldont and Multiwa roll in. And they're like, okay, uh, well, here we are in this base, which we have crushed. We're doing a great job. This is a good day for Baron yeah, everything rules. Love it. Um, and they see, like, oh, I think this is the Choriki source. Like, this is the source of their powers. So we will destroy it. So then, like... Now they're being blocked from using their powers, but if we destroy it, then, like, they just, their power will be gone forever. But first, we're going to research it so that we will be able to, like, steal its secrets and use it for the betterment of the Baranoia Empire. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic because, like, it just gives us, like, a really, it gives us a decent reason why Kaiser doesn't just, like, stick a bomb to this thing and run. Right. So he is about to start doing all this stuff when Acha and Kocha roll in and they say, hey, we've got great news, dudes. Uh, we are about to trap two more O-Rangers. Like, we took Goro and Shohei and we chained them up in public in the most obvious place in the world. 
So now two of the other O-Rangers are going to roll in, and they are going to try to save them, but they're not going to be able to save them because it's a trap, and they're very weak right now. Yes. Um, And also, like, we definitely know. Like, this will definitely work. Like, there's no way they're going to not fall for this. Like, literally, even if they know it's a trap, they're still going to fall for the trap. Right. Which is exactly what happens. And so, Bulldog and Multiwa are very excited about this, and so they... I guess they figure they can deal with the Choriki energy later. Like, there's no rush. So they roll out, and they head over to um, the scene of the trap. Goro, at this point, you would think, would be like, okay, all of my enemies have left. Now it is time for me to, like, salvage whatever I can from this base. Nah, Goro also leaves. Yeah. Um, well, no, it is going to turn out to be a good thing that he does, but, uh, so, so we go from there, and, yeah, it's exactly what Achen Coach just said. Like, Yujin Shohei are literally, like, chained to a pillar, um, oh, crud, I boofed the joke, what's the old movie? Attack, that, Attack of the Titans? Is that it? There's a princess, she's chained to a post, Leviathan shows up. Oh, gosh, I, I think it's Clash of the Titans? Clash of the Titans, that's what it is. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, Mark, let's fix that one in post. Anyways, <laughs> so so these two nerds are tied up, uh, Clash of the Titans style. And Momo and Jury kind of, they're hidden and they, they see them. And, and again, Momo's and like, again, all right, well, let's go. Momo's like, we're going to go do this. And Jury says, that's a bad idea. This is clearly a trap. This is a, a very, trap. very bad plan. Yeah, it's clearly a trap. And Momo says, like, yeah, no, I know it's a trap, but, right. like, what else are we going to do? Right, like, right now we can't transform. And even if there are other people hiding, like, just out of sight, if we can hurry, we might be able to get in and out. Like, we have to take every opportunity we have, even if our opportunities are bad. Um, and even if you don't come with me, I'm going, so you should probably come with me. That was great. Like, yeah, well, I've listened. I, I'm going either way. So first of all, I love it because that's just a, it's a great move on Momo's part. I also love it because Ancha and Coach are like, yeah, even if they know it's a trap, they're going to do it. And they do know it's a trap and they do still do it. Uh, it's moments like this that remind me that in Deadlands, heroic is definitely a flaw and not a merit. Oh, yeah. Which totally makes sense in sort of like a in that style of game or in this style of TV show. Yeah. So. Um, so they. So yeah. yeah so they run in then and they're trying to. They run in. Take the chains off, but like, a they don't have any weapons they can use to break the chains, and they don't have like a a key for the lock. It's not a rope that can be untied. It is a locked chain. So they just stand there and they're shaking, like fiddling with this chain. And Shohei and Yuji are like, dudes, what are you doing here? This was a terrible idea. It's a trap. Like, they this are is about very to definitely you. a trap. And, yeah. And then the trap is sprung. Um, I mean, yes. and the trap is just a bunch of Baranoia soldiers. It's not like a clever trap or anything. So, yeah, it's just a bunch of Baranoia soldiers. Normally, not a real big problem, except again... They can't transform. So as much as they can get through Baranoia soldiers, uh, you know, normally, even untransformed, uh, they don't have the option to power up at this point. And also, like, things have been pretty rough. They've had a bad day or two. So Yeah. 
So things are going badly for them. Uh, so, of course, Goro also rushes in. Uh, yeah, he we, just kind of shows up out of nowhere. We so do that's get some great... of that like good early season camera work where like the guy with the camera is just running in behind Goro as Goro is attacking. Uh, which I liked. And which also made me think, like, has it been a while since we've seen that cool camera work? Because we used to talk about that all the time. Uh, I think maybe either... I don't know. There hasn't been as much of it, and then also I think we kind of stopped talking. I think we made a conscious decision to stop talking about it all the time. <laughs> That's fair. So he runs so, in, and actually, like, with the three of them all working together, even though Bulldont and Multiwa have also joined the fight, things are actually going okay for, like, a minute and then yeah, Bulldog and multi good, Yeah. It's a very good Goro moment. It's also a very good Momo moment. Yes. Uh, which is a fun thing to say. Uh, but it's a great Momo moment. She is just like, she's in it, man. This It rules. Uh, they're actually doing pretty well until Bulldog and Multiwire are like, oh, yeah, lasers. Like, these people right, are yeah. not so superheroes use... right now. We're just going to zap them. So they use their love attack, and uh, the free rangers, so Juri, uh, Juri Momo and Goro, are down. Kaiser Bulldog walks up. He's sort of taunting the Rangers. He's like, this is it. You're defeated. Um, I'm going to execute you guys one by one, I guess, so I can like just really savor the experience. Yeah. He does let slip, by the way. He says, like, the only person we have to capture now is your chief. Like, that's the one piece of the puzzle we still haven't captured. Like, where well, is what he? What he says is, yeah, what he says is, where is the chief? And that clues Goro, and he's like, oh, man, the chief is is still free. Now, I assumed that this was when the chief was going to show up. I was wrong, but I did leave it in my notes uh, as a as a reminder to, to watch the hubris, because it just says, enter the chief in all caps, because I really thought he was going to show up. But it's not the chief, and it is King Pyramider. Yes. So that's great. So King Pyramider rolls up. And he's just blasting nerds. It's great. And then Ricky shows up. And Ricky, of course, has not been hit by the Dark Particles. So that dude is in King Ranger form, who's already the most powerful ranger. And he is ruining people. It's great. Yeah. Like, he beats up everyone. He frees Goro and Shohei. He says, like, you five, like, get to, like, you know, teleport over to King Pyramid to be safe. He runs over and rescues Mikio from a bunch of, like, Barra soldiers. Like, he just does all of the things by himself. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty rad. Now, the Rangers are trying to like, kind of, like, they're still trying to stay in it. And Ricky yells up to Dora, and he's like, Dora, and, like, help the Rangers. And she just uses, like, a teleport be- beam and forcibly takes them out of the fight. Yeah, now, this is all great for a minute, but the problem is that uh, Baron Micron is still in play. So, King Pyramider, not King Pyramider, sorry, Ricky tries to, like, zap Baron Micron with the King Victory Flash, but that's something that he does to, like, small robots, not giant robots. Yeah, that's a that's a human-sized weapon. It's not really effective against Baron Micron. So, Baron Micron, uh, Baron Micron hits then Ricky... With the dark particles, Ricky goes down. Um, they hit. He also hits King Pyramider with the dark particles, and King Pyramider has like some some problems, but it doesn't immediately flip out in the same way right. that uh, O Blocker and Red Puncher did. Maybe 
like I'm assuming it's just because it's literally physically larger and you would need more particles to like really mess it up. That's that's my guess. I was assuming it was because it was like ancient technology and not like new things based on ancient technology. Oh, yeah, that would work too. So it was like dif- more difficult to crack. So he uh so King Pyramiter is like having some problems. Ricky's down. Doran at this point is like, "Oh, I got to go help Ricky." And Doran, you're the one who's sworn to peace. What do you uh, I don't know. No, I do just want to say for the record, in case you're tr- keeping notes at home, this is where this episode gets buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, Doran teleports down to hell. She's kneeling in front of uh, Ricky. Kaiser Bulldown is psyched. He's like, this is so great that a Doran, because remember, Doran is her name, but Doran is also like her race or something. He says, this is so great. I'm so glad there's a Doran left. I was really bummed out that I wasn't going to get to kill one of you. Problem solved. Uh, King Pyramider, again, like is kind of breaking down. Ricky is down. It's just Doran. She kneels in front of Ricky and prays to Choriki, like hands folded in front of her, dear Choriki, please save Riki. Her her chest. She, oh yeah, she has like a chest piece, um, like a like her chest piece, like thing. jewelry thing, amulet. Yeah, it glows. The, a crack opens in the sky, and a an energy pyramid shoots down, lands in her hands, and then Doran says, "You came, Crystal," as though like she and this plastic pyramid. Are like old pals. Yeah, as though this, this ever has been never mentioned been mentioned before, ever. No, the, nothing. The closest thing we get is that like King Pyramider is a pyramid, and like the Choriki thing is a pyramid. Well, so, you know, like, I, what I'm trying to. You may hear me flipping through my notes right now. What I'm trying to find is the episode where this was an episode like eight episodes ago or something. I can't find it in my notes right now, but. In the, it was the episode where, like, Doran wanted to help, so she was going to go find the Forbidden Power, uh, and then Ricky used the Forbidden Power, and something that they said to Doran at the time was, like, the prayer of the one person who could never fight is the strongest thing on Earth, or something? Do you remember that? Yeah. And I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is, like, like I, it, it's something about, like, she has, yes. And that's this. Like, she's, like, she can't, like, she will never fight. But, like, when the chips are down and everyone else has been defeated, she is, like, the key to victory. And so, like, this crystal shows up and she's like, oh, hey, crystal. Hey, could you save all my friends? And so, like, it just knocks over all the Barra soldiers. It zaps King Pyramider, which, like, jump starts its engines and repairs it. Um, it what else does it do? Uh... It, okay, it does all the things. She just says, like, can you please save my friends? And then it does it does that. Oh, it straight um, destroys, destroys Baromicron. Yeah, it destroys Baromicron. Uh, and it, te- like, it reactivates King Pyramider. And then also King Pyramid, it, like, King Pyramider leaves. Like, it, it's, it leaves and it takes the rangers with it. And when you say um, leaves, like, it... It doesn't disappear. It goes up into space. Like, it just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it launches. So, uh, at this point, like, Ricky and Doran are just kind of running. 
Like they just they or no 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 they teleport away, and then but, no 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 sorry they're going to teleport in a second. They are just like straight up running away. So they're running away. Kaiser Bulldogs attacks. Uh, it's not super effective. Empress Multiwa attacks, and she straight up shoots Doran with her energy arrow. Now she hits her in an energy in a hero shot or a hero spot, like in her shoulder. But she still definitely does shoot this child. Yes. And as this happens, like, the camera cuts away to a flock of birds flying. And then the camera cuts to, like, wheat blowing in the field. And, like, all the things of nature and earth are crying out. Yeah. Um, so we are... Okay, so we're about to find out some real crazy stuff about Doran. So, but at this point... So Ricky and Doran are like, oh, things are bad. They're sort of crawling towards each other. They they get to each other. They kind of, like, embrace. Mikio runs in because the show remembered that they needed to find a place for him to be so he wasn't just standing somewhere alone in the rubble. <laughs> right. He joins them. Ricky kind of pulls out the stops. One last victory flash. It sort of, like, gets everybody off their back enough that they can teleport away. So, like, Ricky teleports them out. Yeah, but, like, they don't go super far. Like, they just go yeah. to another field somewhere. But this yeah. field is full of, like, adorable woodland creatures. And that horrible puppet that you hate. Oh, my God. What's that I thing's name? Paku. So, Paku. Paku. Is its name. It's Dorian's yeah, pet. Yeah. So... The unarticulated puppet that just gets dragged along. Oh, my God. Where you so can stupid. never tell if it's supposed to be alive or dead until somebody moves it. So, the... So, Ricky, obviously, is kind of, like, just kind of flipping out. Um, and Doran says, like, oh, like, hey, 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 like, I understand that you're upset, but first of all, like, the Rangers are okay. They're going to the Doran homeworld. So that's a new thing, because I thought the Doran homeworld was just Earth. Well, I thought, Apparently I think it's she said not. it's the Cherokee homeworld. Well, she says, she's, she says, I'm going to the homeworld, and then she says the, the Cherokee homeworld. So apparently Cherokee isn't from Earth. It's not like Earth's life force. It's just kind of here. Okay. And it's... Okay, actually, sorry. It's not just kind of here. It's here because Doran is here. Specifically. Now, I am a little curious as to whether or not the Doran slash Cherokee homeworld is another planet or if it is another dimension that sort of like overlaps with ours. Man, it could be. So I think the idea here... Okay, here's what I think is the case. Earth was just like another dead ball in the universe. The Dorans show up from wherever they're from. Like, they bring Choriki with them. Choriki, like... And then, like, there's Choriki energy on Earth for like 600 million years or whatever and like that's why there's life on the planet earth and that's also why it was really important that doran not die like why she was in like hyperspace sleep for 400 million years or whatever right because when doran fades because she like she doesn't die she like force fades basically yeah she like says like don't be sad i'm not dying i'm returning to my home planet yeah she's about to become more powerful than you can possibly imagine um so thank you, first of all, Ranger, thank you, like, oh, Ranger, thank you for not killing this child. Yeah, thank you for being very specific about the fact that you were not killing this adorable child. Yeah, so when this happens, the sky goes dark, flowers wilt, some birds, I'm not sure how they did this one, 
but like some birds are flying and just literally fall dead in midair and then just kind of like crash to the ground. Uh, so Choriki is just disappearing. Yeah. So this child, <laughs> and, and, Doran, Doran the Doran, was the only reason there was life on Earth. Right. Apparently. Ricky turns to Mikio and he's like, oh no, with Doran gone, the power of nature is fading. And then it cuts over to... What? Uh, what? Bulldont and Multiwa. And they're like, oh, this is great. Like, now that Doran is gone, this planet is like, just this is like... this is going to save us so much time. Like, this is like... Because, they, you know, they've conquered a bunch of other planets... And they're like, oh, well, now that Doran's gone, this is just like all those other planets. Like, the power of nature is was, like, the one thing that made this place, like, stand out from everyone else. And now that that has died, like, it's just another, like, dumb mud ball in space. We can roll over this no problem. Yeah. Um, like, again, super convenient. We were planning on killing all of these people anyways. Like, this does. This is great. This is going to save us a whole, whole bunch of time. So, we go from there. Uh, up to Goro and the other rangers in space. They look down at the planet Earth, which just, like, turns brown instantly. Mm -hmm. Whole planet. Yep. And they're like, well, what is happening? This is all very, very bad. Uh, And then there's a big crack in the sky. And then King Pyramid is just, like, drawn into the sky. And they're like, because remember, Doran didn't mention to the rangers what was happening. No. All they know is that they're in King Pyramid, and now there's a crack in the sky, and they're being drawn into it, and they have no idea what's going to happen next. (laughs) Imagine being the O-Rangers in this situation. Because remember, like, in a show like Die Ranger, right? Like, those are Cocky Ranger. Like, those are people who have been, like, fated to save the world from whatever. In O-Ranger, it's just like, oh, which army guys are the best at kung fu? Those five? Okay, they're our heroes now. So you got, like, like, Yuji, good, good, good. You got like Yuji, who's, like, 22 years old and pretty good at kickflips, and now he's just, like, in an ancient pyramid flying through a crack in space, going to another dimension as the Earth turns brown? Like, that's gotta be a weird couple of weeks for this dude. Yeah, holy cats, man. Um, yeah, so that's wild, and it is also the end of the episode. Yeah, that's, that is it for our episode. Um, but it's, I'm sorry, that's it for this episode, but not it for our episode, because we now have a monster to put on the Creature Royale, Dave. Um, Baramicron. Okay, so Baramicron, again, I feel like we've been getting a lot of these... Um, in these last episodes, because really the focus here is Empress uh, Empress Multiwa and Kaiser Bulldone. The monsters are just there to kind of be monsters. So I think Byromicron has really cool powers. Mm-hmm. He's got a really cool look. Yeah, it's kind I don't of... think we've ever had a, a separating monster before. Yeah. So like all the... of those things. I, I give high points to any monster with a, like, interesting and unique design which is why i really liked the taxi monster from cocky ranger um like anything that isn't just like a dude is very cool to me yeah so big points on all of that uh you know where he's gonna lose it is there's no you know he doesn't have any like personality or anything he's like he, he doesn't even necessarily appear to be intelligent 
So right, like everything else is sort of off the that. charts, right? Like he's one of the most powerful monsters we've seen this season. He looks really cool. He's got a great design. He's in a great couple of episodes, the, but like he doesn't have a voice. Yeah. So even so, I do. I think that puts him up like pretty high. My uh, be- my starting point, I think, is going to be Meteor Bam. Because you know, Bem is I was actually very okay. Similar. I was literally just about to say that, <laughs> so I am I'm a hundred percent with you. Meteor Bem also like comes in, wrecks the base, has something about him that makes him like impossible to beat until eventually they're able to like pull out some weird thing and power up and do it. Yeah, um, I actually I think he's cooler than I think he's definitely cooler than Meteor Bem. Okay, well, who's um, who is above Meteor Bem? So just above Meteor Bem is Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda. Uh, Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda is from Kaku Ranger, and he is a semi-recurring character. He's in like four or five episodes, I think. Um, and he basically turns um, he turns monsters into like cyborg monsters. Oh. Like that was that was his thing. Yeah, he ruled. Um... Yeah. And then just above him is Iron Mask Choryu. So I think... I honestly, I kind of feel like we got it in one. Yeah, um, want to go right above Meteor Bam? I think he's right above Meteor Bam and just below, just below Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda. But man, imagine if those two had gotten together and Evil Mastermind Genius Kuroda had turned Meteor or had turned Baromicron into like a weird, like further cyborg thing with like weird, like weapon parts sticking out of him. That would have been very Love it. good. So anyways, uh, that, Matt, is going to do it for our episode. Yep, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at SuperSentaiBros. If you like the show uh, and would like to point other people to it, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That, as we have been told, is helpful. Uh, and it also makes me feel good personally. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>